You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. Well, that's another four quarters of basically the exact same football team we've been seeing, um, potentially continuing to spiral, if, if we're being honest. I mean, last week, two games ago, I looked at it and said, Jordan is a serious problem. Last week, when I looked at the game, it was, yeah, yeah, Jordan's definitely still a problem, but this entire team is collapsing. This week was the most disorganized, um, undisciplined performance. I, I mean, that might be slight hyperbole. I've seen some bad stuff, but it's, it's just continuing to fall apart at every level. Um, the penalties were, I mean, I, I, it's been a problem all year, but this was just unbelievable. Um, I mean, it was, it was all levels. I mean, the defense came through in the end to make themselves look like superheroes and that's great, but the defensive performance outside of like Slayton, maybe the guys up front, there was a lot of consistent pressure, but, um, I, I, I don't know how you have like, uh, three men, rush and then within one second there's a wide open tight end and you know down the field like dude everybody's in coverage how does okay whatever um special teams got essentially bailed out on the almost a kick return based on the the penalty um and the offense i mean i mean what can you say man i mean um I'm I'm not pinning this game on Jordan, but I'm absolutely not excusing the play. It was terrible quarterback play. Um, the offensive line still can't at least run block. The uh, the pass blocking seemed uh, I I don't know I, I don't know maybe it was maybe it was bad maybe it was good I don't I don't know I know there was a sack mixed in there somewhere. Um, but the run blocking is is terrible. Um, the pass catchers as a whole, and that's wide receivers, tight ends, and running backs. You know, I don't even know what to say. First of all, most of, there's a huge... This is going to be the big argument of the week, I can already tell. Um, whatever. But all the sort of 50-50 balls. I, the, the, the Jordan Love apologists are like, that's not on Jordan, that's on the receivers. I mean, give me an effing break. <laughs> These are terrible throws into double coverage. And if your hand gets punched as you catch the ball, yes, maybe one in 10 times or one in 15 receivers can come down with that. I don't give a crap. Stop throwing crappy balls. But even aside from the questionable ones, even the ones where there was a chance, you've got Aaron Jones dropping a pass, which, I mean, give me a break. You got Luke Musgrave dropping a pass that hit him right in the chest. You got Dontavian Wicks. Did he? I think he dropped two, didn't he? I know he... I think there were four just legit, no reason to drop it, perfect pass situations. Like, at least three, I think there were four. Because I thought there was three early, and then Wicks had the one in the end. I can't remember. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute, the statistics and whatnot. Um, so my, my, my overall thought, and this happened early on, is I am moving... I mean, it was just kind of a thought experiment last week. I am moving closer and closer to organizational overhaul um 
again, we can sit and fight about Matt LaFleur's play calling, and I will continue to defend it if I continue to see what I'm seeing, but it, it almost is a moot point right now because it doesn't matter. We're, we're arguing about something that is irrelevant because I don't know if Matt LaFleur's play calling can save him at this point because this team is a complete disaster. They, are, they come out flat every week. They come out undisciplined every week. It seems like they're the only team in football. And, and I don't want to hear the excuses about, well, they're young. We knew that this was going to happen. You know what? There's a lot of young guys. How about Addison on the other side of the ball? He's a rookie. And the announcers came out saying he's one of the best wide receivers in football right now, which I think is not true, but he's very, very good, and he's certainly ascending. So nobody else is out there making excuses for young guys. And by the way, it's not just young guys. If a young guy makes a mistake and doesn't make it again, fine. That's a young guy thing. But just writing off, consistently doing stupid stuff and dropping passes and running wrong routes and, and just being stupid is not something that we should have expected. Oh, come on, we should have known. We knew that this would happen. Shut up. Just shut up. That's not what that's about. That's not the same thing. We're talking about different things. And that has nothing to do with our offensive line, most of which are not young anymore. Um, and, it, and it extends into our defense and special teams. Not, not everybody on this team is a freaking rookie. And certainly not everybody making mistakes is a rookie. This team is not learning. They're not growing. They're not improving at any point, at any level, in any phase. And I can point at Joe Barry all I want, or, or the offensive coordinator, or anybody, but when you have the entire team collapsing and not one area improving, that goes to the head coach. Now, I don't have a reason to hate Brian Gutekunst. I know many of you already do, and that's fine, but I'm just looking at it genuinely and, and wondering, is this just a, a complete teardown and rebuild? And maybe, maybe Gutekunst escapes that, I don't know. But I, I can't help but wonder that. Look, I mean, if, if, if it was just Jordan Love, which again, a couple weeks ago it felt like it, it was. Yes, there were a couple mistakes, but it was mostly just Jordan. But at this point, it's everybody, and it's everything. And I see, I see no improvement. I, I, I don't see anything. And it's not as though this has to be the case, because it doesn't have to be the case. It doesn't have to be like this. Let's forget the 50-50 ball debates. How about you just catch the ones that aren't contested? Or how about Jordan just throws to the open guys and doesn't just completely miss pass after pass after pass after pass? The ones that aren't massively overthrown or massively underthrown. I'm talking about the wide open guys. Undisciplined. I mean, the basics, penalties, that is, that is the, that's got to be one of the number one telltale signs of an undisciplined team. Number two, tackling, right? Blocking, catching. I mean, the, the most basic fundamental things, catching, tackling. Don't jump off sides, please, Walker, for once in your freaking life. Just stop doing that. Oh, what? It's a critical situation and momentum's on our side. Check this out. Whoops. <laughs> My bad. I don't, I don't want to have another let's fight about Jordan Love and Matt LaFleur battle because it's unnecessary at this point. We're going to do it anyways. I, I know for a fact when I get on, on the voicemails, that's all we're going to talk about. And I'm going to engage with it because I'm going to engage with whatever it is you want to talk about. But I don't want to go there because it doesn't matter at this point. Because even the Jordan Love defenders will admit he ain't good enough. So why fight about it? Because we have to fight because we, we, we can't accept the fact that even the Matt LaFleur defenders, I would have to assume myself included in that, have to acknowledge that he is responsible for this. And even the Jordan Love defenders have to acknowledge that he is not playing well enough. I saw Kurt Bankert immediately come out, nobody could could do this, nobody could perform in this kind of a situation. You mean the situation that he is massively contributing to? Yes, you're right. I don't think there are too many quarterbacks that you can plop in the middle of this and have massive amounts of success. However... Probably 75% of the quarterbacks in the NFL could come in and perform better than this. So which question do we want to ask? Because again, we got to fight over all the turf. It's, we, we can't just come together and say, quarterback ain't good enough, coach ain't good enough, offensive line ain't good enough. Nothing is, nothing is good enough right now. Even if the, and, and again, pass blocking works. It's, it's there. It works. But it's still just a part of this undisciplined mess of guys that, that, again, they can't run block, which you can kind of get over a little bit until it just becomes a complete disaster. And and also just the, the complete lack of, like, when you make a mistake, it's not like you just got beat. It's like you didn't touch the guy. You know, and, and the penalties on top of it, the holding by John Runyon, the, 
the the off the false start by uh, Rashid Walker. Um, I don't know. Was there another one? I know all the ex quarterbacks are going to come around and circle the wagons around Jordan Love and say the same thing they're saying about Justin Fields that it's just the it's just his environment. That's all it is. I don't give a crap, and I don't want to play that game because it's stupid. The guy can't play football. If he wants to change my mind, I will be here waiting. And I'll also be waiting for Matt LaFleur to show that he can rally the troops, that he can get them motivated. The way that the defense rallied in the fourth quarter, that's how I want them to walk out of the effing tunnel at the beginning of the game. But they don't. They don't. This is a, this is a, this is a scared, intimidated team. They come out docile like they just they know they're the worst team. In Lambeau freaking field, you come out like you're the visitors. And, and if I may make another note, I am beyond embarrassed by this freaking fan base. I have never in my life heard an announcer say, the fans are booing and I don't know why. And that happened twice. First of all, stop booing. You make us all look like jagoffs. Second of all, if you're going to boo, don't boo when nothing bad happened, you bunch of jerks. They took a timeout at a perfectly appropriate time, but you all thought that the time ran out and it was poor time management, so I'm going to boo. Boo, Matt LaFleur! Boo that man! What are you booing for? We have three timeouts. There's lots of time. I think it was a critical third down. We came out. We watched what the defense came out in. We called a timeout to make sure we get the right play. It's perfectly rational. And you start booing, you bunch of dummies. What are you booing for? And then we come out and run the ball for a yard and you boo. So we can't run the ball? They cracked me up because this entire last week I just said, you know, everybody's calling in and nobody's giving me specifics on what we're allowed to do. Do you want to just run the ball up the middle all the time? Is that what you want to do? Because if we try to get to the outside and it fails, that's too risky. Everything we do is too risky. It's too risky. You could lose yards and it's too risky. I'm like, okay, I guess we'll just run up the middle. We run up the middle and he gets booed. Are we not allowed to run? I don't, I don't know the rules anymore. What, what are you booing? I literally don't know what you're booing other than it didn't work. And the hilarious thing is the very next play, and you know what, we didn't, we didn't run a single time after that. And it was sack, penalty, underthrown ball, and then threw it late into double coverage and it got broke up. That was the series after that. Yeah, throwing is significantly better. We should just do that all the time. It's great. Throwing has been great all day. What is it, because it was out of shotgun, which we've already established is more successful than running under center? This happened like two years ago when the Bears tried to run from shotgun at the goal line and everybody had a heart attack. It was like the Bears are the biggest idiots in the world. Everybody, even Packers fans, chimed in until like five minutes later somebody chimed in. They're like, actually, statistically, running out of shotgun is more successful than running under center. Like, what, what is the problem here? We can't run the ball? And then we pass and we get a sack and it's like, oh, you idiot. Like, what, what do you want? What would you like to do here? Well, we're not using Aaron Jones enough. He's hurt! Do we have to do this again? What are you booing about? Again, first of all, don't boo. Just shut your mouth. Drink your beer, shove a hot dog in your mouth, and shut up. If you want to go pout, go walk around the concourse or whatever the heck they call it. Go walk around the hallway. Go go pee at a trough. I don't care. I'm almost glad it was half full with Vikings fans. Because if it was even louder, it would have been that much more embarrassing. It's so embarrassing to not only have your own team getting booed to have to sit there and watch knowing the entire world or a large portion at least our, our rivals are all watching and just loving the fact that packer fans are booing they love it but on top of that you didn't boo at the right times you booed for no reason so anyways i just wanted to get i know that's a different train of thought but that that just that annoyed the living crap out of me like i knew the boos were going to start like when we started going four and out and four and out and four, or three and out three and out three and out like i get it like the boo birds are coming out i don't like it but i get it when you go fourth why do i keep saying that we go three and out like four times in a row i think that's why i'm saying that i think it was four times in a row i understand being frustrated and i knew some of the boos were going to come out even though i don't like it but good lord man the fan base was just i, I mean I, I should just say it it tied in perfectly with the game because the whole thing was a joke but I, I, I've already said if, if Jordan continues the way he's continuing, he will not be the quarterback next year. I'm going to add to that, that if the team continues the way it's playing right now, and that doesn't necessarily mean no more winning any games, but that certainly would add to what I'm saying right now. If the team continues, and even you know if they continue to devolve or whatever, um... I, I don't I don't think it's that far fetched to see an organizational um revamp. 
I really don't. I think that there are some talented play callers that are out there that the Packers could feel comfortable in. I know it's a risk getting rid of a play caller, but this guy, Matt LaFleur, is just not getting it done. He's not inspiring the troops. He's, he's the, These guys are not any more prepared. They're not any more motivated. They seem lost. They seem intimidated. Um, and, you know, I'm, I mean, play calling is awesome, and I like that he's a play caller. But if that's all you bring to the table, it's, it's I mean, we're, we're, you can see it's not good enough. And I know some of you don't think he's a good play caller. That Again, that's beside the point. I don't want to have that fight. It doesn't matter. Let's just say for argument's sake that he is. What I'm saying is it's not good enough. It's not good enough. I mean, to have an entire group... I mean, this is two weeks in a row where I'm seeing guys just drop easy passes. That is such an unfocused, unmotivated team to do that kind of stuff. That's what it is. They're not showing up. They're not showing up for each other. They're not showing up for the coach. They're not showing up for themselves. They're they're just I mean, and and that's not everybody. Big shout out to TJ Slayton who had a heck of a day. I don't care what PFF says. That dude was a stud today. I saw him jumping around all day. I think the front, the defensive front in general, I, I thought had a good day. Um, I saw pressure constantly, although it usually didn't matter because somebody was always wide open. But. Um, you know, again, guys are showing up. Some of them individually, but for the most part, I mean, this is this is a uh, this is an unmotivated team right now. They're not playing for each other. They 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 just. I'm I'm repeating myself, but I. I it's it's dire. It really is, and I I try to check myself and think like, are you just being emotional? And and is this just a? But I'm I'm really. It's not that I'm upset. It's I'm trying to be as rational as I can. And you know, I came into this saying. I don't think Matt LaFleur is going to get fired this year. Now, maybe next year or whatever, especially the way the Packers move, but just the way that they're losing. And, and again, the more I think about it, especially with, you know, if you are planning on getting a new quarterback, which at this point we will be, um, and you have a really high pick and you have a potential shot at a really, really good top quarterback, let's just say hypothetically, um, you now have the, as I said, the firepower and the, the potential interest to lure in some coaches, right? I mean, and if there's a GM combo, I don't know if that's going to be included in this. But um, you have the, I, I wouldn't think so, but I, you know, I came into this thinking Jordan would get another year and then I backed off of that. I came in thinking Matt LaFleur, no matter what's getting another year, I'm now backing off of that. So who knows with Brian Gutekunst. Uh, at this point, I would assume he's not going to get fired, but um, maybe. You know, I mean, again, it just, it is this a right time for an organizational overhaul? And it kind of feels like potentially, you know, it kind of sucks because we got guys that are kind of getting up into the, into that second contract era where it's like, we got to speed this up because, you know, in a couple of years, they're going to be getting up in age. Once they start pushing 30, they might get out the door. They're getting more expensive. Um, you know, we got to, we, we got to get moving a little bit, but it's it's crap or get off the pot. I, I don't want to be like, well, let's give Matt and Jordan like another year or two. Like, bull crap. Make your assessment. Is this it or not? Because if it's not, get a coach, get a GM, get a quarterback, and let's do this thing. Because we've got players on this team. And I maybe the wide receivers suck. Whatever. I don't know. I don't care. Don't need to necessarily get into that. I didn't see enough aside from the drops. Um, I still like Watson. I still like Dobbs. I still like Reed. Are they, have they demonstrated themselves as number ones? Absolutely not. Does somebody like Justin Jefferson catch some of those 50, 50 balls? Sure. He does. We don't have Justin Jefferson. It's beyond the point. It's just, it's, we, we've got football players. So there's nothing more important than, you know, GM coach quarterback like that, that trio right there will take you anywhere you want to go. And if we don't have the guys we got to get them because now is the time. Now is the time. It's it's not wait. If we have a top three pick and a quarterback in our lap, and then we we pass and we punt, and next year we have like the number seven pick when there's no quarterbacks, you have doomed this team. Doomed the team. We are going to be perpetually stuck in this seven win, six win, eight win bullcrap. So. You know, I'm 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 fine with it. It it is what it is. I'm not massively upset insofar as like you know it's it's much more devastating back when like Rodgers was was uh, was the quarterback and you expect to win these games. I came into this game expecting to lose, and so you know you learn you kind of come in with a little bit of hope, and then within a very short period of time you're like, all right, they're the exact same team. 
Nothing has changed whatsoever. But, you know, it, it just, it is what it is, man. We have players and they're not showing up and they're not performing. And when you ask the coaches, they perpetually say, I don't know, we got to figure it out. I got to do a better job. And some of that is just deflecting some of the blame off the players onto themselves when it is execution. But you can't help but assume that they're telling the truth when they say they have no answers because they've demonstrated they have no answers. This is Joe Barry. This is Matt LaFleur. This is everybody. There, there's, there, is, there are no answers. There's no help coming. There's, there's no fixes coming. And what we need, I think, is beyond scheme. What we need is a, a, a team that, that, that performs. We need coaches. Coaches. Not play callers. Coaches. A coach. A teacher. A leader. A guider. An instructor. A visionary. We don't have that. We have a guy that, that goes in the lab and he draws up plays and he runs out there and he says, okay, run my play. And then they mess up and he's like, you effing moron. You didn't run my play. And it's like, well, yeah, we suck and we don't care. Like, well, start caring and stop sucking. Like, all right, you got it, chief. Thanks for the pep talk. Rinse and repeat. Same thing, same thing. Over and over and over and over. And, and again, I know we're going to revert back to the same arguments, but what I'm saying is I feel like we've all kind of come to the same place and the arguments don't matter anymore. Does it matter who's more to blame if both of them get fired? I understand if you want to circle the wagon so hard that it's like, no, 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 shouldn't be, shouldn't be cut, shouldn't be fired, shouldn't be whatever. Well, then fine, I guess keep fighting the good fight, but I'm off, I'm off the train, man. Somebody has to demonstrate something. Somebody's got to earn it. Who's going to earn it? Who's going to step up and say, I belong? Jordan ain't doing it. Matt LaFleur ain't doing it. Joe Barry's not doing it. Who wants to be here? Who gives a crap about this team? Show me. Is it just the defensive line at this point? I mean, assuming we're talking about pass rush and offensive line, if we're talking about pass blocking, I'm not talking about running the ball. That would be stupid. No, no, I'm, I'm just, I mean, you know, with passing the ball. And our corners and safeties only care about running the ball because they can't cover. So that's, that's, they really like the run plays. Anyways, I think I got what I felt I needed to get off my chest. I am, um... I'm all the way out on the team. Yes, they could bounce back. They did it last year. This is is like a copy-paste of last year, except we won more games at this point. But it was start off hot, hit a real bad rough patch, then randomly come back against a pretty good team, lose, but, like, look impressive, and then, you know, dominate the Cowboys, which we're not playing them, so maybe there can't be a comeback. I'm not sure how the rules work on that. Make a run at the end, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think that's going to happen because this is a freaking joke. But that's just uh, where I'm at. Anyways, why don't we go ahead and take our first break. Uh, Come back and just rip through the stats, I guess. Just kind of make sure that we're all on the same page with what happened, because I don't even know. I just came down here and fired off the things that were at the top of my mind. We'll go through and see if there's any surprises with the statistics, and uh, we'll see where we're at at that point. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, 
kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. First of all, I wanted to mention, um, and uh, I don't know if all these teams have played yet, but as of right now, the Green Bay Packers have gone from the seventh pick in the draft to the sixth pick in the draft. They've moved up one spot. Um, actually, the Bears have not played yet, so if they win, we will have the number five pick in the draft right now, which you know the answer to that. I don't. I think, right? They don't play Monday, do they? I should be watching Red Zone right now. What am I doing with my life? No, they got the late game. Um, all right. Oh, and the Cardinals are playing. Man, if the Cardinals win, we might move up another spot. <laughs> oh, please win, Cardinals. Hey, listen, I can play two games at once. It doesn't hurt us if we go on if we start winning again and the Cardinals win this game. Doesn't matter. Great, we came back. Cardinals won. Makes no difference. It's not necessarily rooting against the Packers. It just happens to help in case we never win a game the rest of the year, which is not impossible. All right, let's do statistics. So the Green Bay Packers fell 24-10. to 10. Packers scored three points in the first half, seven in the second half, and that's all she wrote. Jordan Love was 24 of 41. That's a healthy amount of attempts. 229 yards, 5.6 yards per attempt, one touchdown, one pick, 34 yards was his longest, four sacks. All right, there you go. I don't, oh, I do remember, I remember two now. I don't remember the other two. 72.1 passer rating. Um, running the ball, Jordan Love had four carries for 34 yards, 8.5 yards per attempt. A.J. Dillon, 6 of 11 for 1.8 yards per carry. And Aaron Jones, seven carries for 29 yards, 4.1 yards per carry. That is a uh, pretty unusual <laughs> discrepancy there. Both of them, though, uh, seven yards was their longest carry, which is also weird. Uh, receivers, Jaden Reed, six targets, four receptions, 83 yards. They don't list drops here, but we'll see. It'll be interesting to see what uh, PFF calls drops. I don't know what exactly their standard is, if it was uh, 50-50, if they call those drops or not. Romeo Dobbs was the most targeted. Nine targets, just four receptions, though, for 18 yards. That's not great. Just two yards per target. He did have a touchdown. A.J. Dillon, five targets, five receptions, 41 yards. Aaron Jones, five targets, four receptions, 17 yards. I know he had a drop. Christian Watson, eight targets, just three receptions for 33 yards. Dentavian Wicks, four targets, two receptions for 28 yards. Wicks, again, I think he might add two drops. I don't know. And then Luke Musgrave, three targets, two receptions, just nine yards, and I know he had a drop. So I don't know if any of that is good. I mean, Dylan with five targets, five receptions, 41 yards, I guess is fine. Reed, six, four, and 83 is okay. But the rest is just kind of blech. Even Dobbs with the touchdown, it's like nine targets, just four receptions, and 18 yards. That's all bad. Then we got defense. Preston Smith um, had two sacks on the day, one tackle for a loss and a forced fumble. TJ Slayton had two tackles for a loss. Oh, and Preston had a pass breakup. How about that? Joe Barry's feeling super vindicated today. See? Preston with a pass breakup. <laughs> uh, Quay Walker also with a pass deflection, nearly a pick early in the game. Kenny Clark with a sack and a tackle for a loss. Keyshawn Nixon with two pass deflections. I thought he had a pretty good day today. I'm sure he made some mistakes in there somewhere, but from what I could recall, he was kind of stepping up, which was good. Um, Rashawn Gary with a tackle for a loss. Kingsley Nigbare with a tackle for a loss. And then uh, Lucas Van Ness with his pass deflection. Otherwise, the tackles, Devondre Campbell led the team with 14. Quay Walker was second with 10. Then as far as the kicking goes, Anders Carlson was 100% on extra points and field goals, fortunately for the, um, the penalty. Which, to be fair, uh, if it wasn't for the guy jumping off sides and getting there early, it's possible he wouldn't have missed it anyways. So that's fair anyways. Daniel Whelan, uh, Whelan, whatever. I have no idea. I can't remember what the right way is. Four punts, 207 yards, 51.8 average, 59 yards was his long. I do that all the time. It's like I say it a certain way, and then you realize you're wrong, so you say it a different way, and then you can't remember which one's which. Like, which one did I say, and which one did I change it to? Don't know. Team statistics, time of possession, the Vikings won 36-23. to That's crazy. Uh, plays was just 69-62. to Yards, however, was 346 Vikings yards to 270 Green Bay Packers yards. Yards per play, they had 5, we had 4.4. 4. 
Penalties, they had seven. We had 11. Penalty yards, uh, 35 compared to 99. Uh, what else is interesting here? Turnovers, we each had one. They had the fumble lost. We had the uh, pick. Uh, completion percentage, Kirk Cousins, 74.3. Jordan, 58.5. Passing yards, 284 to 196. Passing yards per attempt, 8.1 compared to 4.8. Sacks, we had three. They had four. He was sacked 7.9% of his dropbacks. Um, Jordan Love is the name of our quarterback. Sacked 8.9%. Sack yards, uh, they lost 13 yards. We lost 33 yards on sacks. Uh, yards per carry, they only had two yards per carry, which is pretty fantastic for our defense for once, which is also surprising because they were getting off to a pretty rip-roaring start. Plus, of course, they get that touchdown uh, which is their first rushing touchdown. It's like, yeah, it's going to be one of those days, I can see. But defense uh, really stiffened up there, especially down the stretch, second half and whatnot. But 4.4 yards per attempt for the Packers, which is perfectly a- adequate. Just not very many carries. I mean, 17 total carries. I mean, 17 for a player is <laughs> more standard. But we were throwing it all over the yard today with massive amounts of success. They had 24 first downs. We had 16. 14 of our 16 were passing. Well, that makes sense. 14 of their... We both had 14. Third down efficiency, they were 56%. We were 36%. Fourth down efficiency, they were 100%. We were 25%. Red zone efficiency, they were 50%. We were 25%. So that tells you quite a story. Pass deflections, they had seven. We had five. Although most Packer fans would call those drops. (laughs) It's not a pass deflection. That was a drop. Okay. Forced fumbles, we had one. They had two. Tackles for a loss, we had six, they had one. We won that battle. That's great. A lot of tackles for a loss in this game. And that's, uh, that's about it. Just peeping my fantasy team for the first time, too. They're uh, freaking killing it. Hey, DeAndre Hopkins with 35 yards. Let's go. Rashad White got me 18. Michael Pittman got me 18. Got both of those boys in a trade. Romeo got me nearly 12. Sorry, I know you don't care. I'm just, I'm just checking for the first time. So I got this week wrapped up. Moving to six and two. Oh, and it looks like uh, it was a torn Achilles for Kirk Cousins. I kind of wondered about that. It kind of felt like an Aaron Rodgersy thing where he kind of knew it. Now that I see the replay, it kind of make you can borderline see that snap there. Oh yeah, you can definitely see the snap. <laughs> Jeez, ouch. So, um, Packers not only have continued to tank their season, but we have officially tanked the Vikings season. Although that wasn't our fault. We didn't even touch him. He did it himself. So the Vikings are cooked. The Packers seem done. The Bears seem to want to go on a little bit of a tear here. The NFC North is completely upside down. It's going to be Lions, Bears, Vikings, Packers. It's going to be, it's like the exact opposite of what you typically see. Let's go Cardinals. But sucks for Kirk Cousins. I mean, you never want to see something like that, especially for a guy that, you know, I mean, he's going to be fighting for, you know, the ability to keep his job. You know, I mean, he's been living on one-year contracts and uh, the Vikings just are very unlikely to give him another one. We'll see. I mean, even if he, you know, wants to come back, I, I'm guessing he would. But I mean, we saw the quarterback thing. He's taken an absolute beating over his career. This is going to be a brutal rehab. Um, maybe he'll gear up with Rodgers and get on the program or whatever. I mean, he should be fine to be back next year, I would think. But will the Vikings have him is the question because he's going to need a new contract. And he was the the one like legit quarterback prospect but you know do you want to be the guy to dish out a ton of money for a what 35 or however old he is year old quarterback coming off a torn achilles but uh, just to kind of double back because i'm i'm scrolling on uh social media right now i just call it that instead of having to figure out whether i have to say twitter or what but (laughs) an exact example of what i was talking about about these excuses that i'm just i'm not gonna tolerate andrew brandt who i like a lot good dude Did a lot for the Packers, smart guy, all that stuff. Packer fans, he says, I know it's frustrating, but it's a growing year. 60 million of dead cap, 28 million of injured cap, only one skill player not on a rookie contract, most inexpensive offense in the NFL, and a new quarterback. Hard to be patient as fans, but that's necessary now. Andrew, I'm sorry, that's bullcrap. First of all, 60 million, tell me how many of those things have anything to do with Aaron Jones dropping a pass. What does any of that have to do with Jordan Love missing like 50% of his throws? I mean, just flat out, even some of the completions are just bad. What does 60 million in dead cap have to do with Romeo Dobbs and Dontavian Wicks and Luke Musgrave dropping passes? What does any of that have to do with the inability to block? I, I, I especially don't like the inexperienced offense 
or the the inexpensive offense argument because it's inexpensive because they're on their rookie contract. That doesn't necessarily have anything to... We, we try to equate it to, well, they must be bad because you're not investing money in it. That's so stupid. It's such simplistic nonsense to think that way. Okay, so if I find anybody on a rookie contract, I can just say they're straight trash. Come on, man. We're being stupid. Hard to be patient. It's not about patience. If, if Listen, that's, that's just a garbage excuse. It, I'm, I'm sorry. That's, a, that's such a garbage excuse. This isn't about patience. You're telling me that because ultimately what you're saying is that this is acceptable. This is acceptable. It's not acceptable for any other team out there who have rookies and second-year guys and third-year guys that are playing at a high level, who have a cohesive team that includes young players, um, you know, young-ish veteran players. They got veteran players, old players. They all come together and they form a cohesive unit and a team that occasionally has some mistakes, but it's not a team that is primarily a team that is mistakes. This is well beyond, like, just a couple mistakes here. This is well beyond, like, what we would naturally expect from guys that, that are rookies. Right, if we're talking about Luke Musgrave needs time to develop his pass rush and that kind of stuff, like, okay, cool. Fair enough. He's not in his prime yet. He'll get there. We need to give him time. Okay, fine. Why can't Wicks catch? Why does Musgrave keep dropping passes? Do you remember early in the season what Jordan Love got in trouble for? And everybody freaked out, and the media lost their mind, and they wanted answers and everything else. And I was like, dude, chill. It's one mistake. It's not a big deal. It's training camp. He's going to go out and make those kinds of throws, and he wants to push the limits and see if he can do it, and it's no big deal. You know what it was? It's a very popular phrase. It's the biggest no-no in football, according to his quarterback coach. You know what it is? It's late and over the middle. You know what Jordan does, like, on 50% of his passes? They're all late and over the middle. Every single one of them is late, underthrown, and just wait out to two or maybe even three defenders. What in the world does that have to do with our dead cap situation? What does that have to do with $28 million in injured cap? What does that have to do with a rookie contract? What does that have to do with the inexpense of our offense? Nothing! Nothing! These are bullcrap excuses. Period. Jaden Reed running the wrong route. You know, that, okay, one time, one time, Jaden Reed runs a little bit, you know, Musgrave was supposed to run that a little bit more flat, he ran, fine, that's a rookie mistake, and you know what, you don't do that ever again. If you make a mistake and you don't do it again, that's a rookie mistake. 11 effing penalties has nothing to do with $60 million of dead cap. I shouldn't have to say this out loud. (laughs) Come on, man, come on, I, 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 I'm so, I'm so just bored with the smartest man in the room nonsense like yeah i know it's like super cool to be angry but everybody knew this was gonna happen no dude i'm sorry that's not that doesn't apply it reminds me so much it's gonna be a terrible analogy but it reminds me so much of like logical fallacy everybody loves logical fallacies and they especially love to use them wrong (laughs) they start using them just completely inappropriately like things that just don't apply and it's like that's not how that works and it's like, boom, gotcha. Look how smart I am. I threw out some Latin phrase. Like, bro, you didn't even do that right. Like, people try to throw these things out there all the time, and it's like, that doesn't apply. You're trying to be the smartest man in the room, and this is stupid. I mean, the, the guttural caveman groans coming from irrational fans are more rational than this tweet. It doesn't apply. 60 million in dead cap. Who gives a crap? Okay, take all that away. Put $60 million for the pack. What are they going to do with it? Where does that go? What, what does that fix? We're getting a new quarterback and new wide receivers, all brand new. What's that going to do? They can all suddenly catch? Why don't we get to the root of the problem? Why, why can't guys catch? I know some of these guys had issues coming in, but not all of them. Not everybody had drop, at least I don't think so. I don't, maybe they all did. Did Wicks have drop issues? Maybe he did. I don't know. And that's then fine. It's a Gutekunst. We got to get a new, that's not the cap thing, but we'll get a new Gutekunst too. We get a new GM, new coach, all that stuff. But we need a new quarterback, new offensive line, new wide receivers, new tight end, a brand new spanking, a brand spanking new defense. Not a spanking defense, a spanking new defense. Those are two different things. The 60 million doesn't fix anything. This is an unmotivated, undisciplined team. It doesn't matter how much money we have in the freaking cap, it's irrelevant. Anyways, uh, PFF Spotlight is up. We'll run through that, and then we'll take our final break. The only mention of a Green Bay Packer, because the rookie spotlight was Jordan Addison. The offensive spotlight was uh, Kirk Cousins. The defensive spotlight was Rashawn Gary, but not for something good. Here's what it says. Packers edge rusher Rashawn Gary had his most anonymous pass rushing performance of the season, despite finally seeing a full workload of snaps and pass rushes. I don't know what anonymous 
means in this context. Gary rushed the passer 29 times, mostly coming against Brian O'Neill from the Vikings' right side, and posted a sub-5% pressure rate, according to PFF's first review of game film. <sighs> Whatever. So we got TJ Slayton. I think had a, I think had a good day. Anybody else? Maybe Kenny. Maybe he had a couple good plays in there. Who else had a good day today? Let's 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 go through it real quick. Tell you what, let's take a break. I want to go through it. I want to see who had a good day. We'll be right back. So Jordan Love, no. Now I will I will I will come this far and say this was his best game as far as having moments where you look and go, that was cool. Right, he had that play real early on where he's like throwing off his back foot and hit, I think, Romeo Dobbs. I think there might have been a penalty or something, so it didn't count. I don't really remember, but like that was a great play. There were a handful of others. I, I don't do backflips for like, wow, you hit the guy that's wide open and standing still. There were like two of those, I think, but there were a couple throws that were like, all right, that's what we need. There was probably more of those in this game than just about any other game. But this was also at the exact same... I mean, this is what happens when you throw 41 times. You're going to have your most good throws and also probably your most bad throws. Anybody coming to his defense saying he had a good day is full of crap. (laughs) And I'll tell you what. If you think he had a good day, here's what I want you to do. Go on Twitter. DM me. Tell me what you think his on-target percentage is going to be for this game. Let me know, and we'll follow up and see what it was. Wide receivers. Um, I think Zero had a good day. I cannot be happy with really any of them. I'm certainly not as down on the wide receivers as a lot of other people trying to make excuses for Jordan Love. When Christian Watson, you know, has two hands on the ball, so to speak, in other words, the ball just barely touches his two hands and somebody from behind punches the ball out. Or when Romeo Dobbs, and both of the, everybody, by the way, has to stop their momentum and try to dive backwards, which is not an easy thing to do because the ball is so unbelievably underthrown. The interception where Dobbs had his hands on it, but it was like the guy had his whole arm in between his arms and rips through his hands. What in the world are you going to do? You're going to lose the ball is what you're going to do. And you know what we could do to prevent that? Stop freaking throwing the ball so terribly. That would be how we could avoid pass deflections. That's why the, that's why the, Minnesota Vikings had an unbelievable amount of pass deflections in this game. Not drops, pass deflections. But still, even with even if I flat out say none of those are their fault, it's still a bad day. Because I think they all still drop passes. And yeah, I, I, there were probably a couple that still could have been caught. So it'd be nice if we can get the 50-50 balls to at least 50%. Usually it's 50-50 balls are not that big of a deal because they're rare. But in this offense, apparently 50-50 balls are going to be about 90% of the passes that come to you. So we need guys that are really good at 50-50 balls. Offensive line, Rasheed Walker, not a fan of the day he had. Josh Myers, I don't know, but I saw him completely whiff on a guy. John Runyon had a penalty. Zach Tom maybe had a good day. I don't know. Elton Jenkins hopefully had his, himself a bounce back. Uh, Luke Musgrave, no. Tucker Craft and Ben Sims, I didn't see them once. Aaron Jones, didn't really do too much and also had a drop pass. A.J. Dillon couldn't even get to two yards per carry. Kenny Clark, I mean, he had a couple plays. Wooden and Brooks, I thought, showed up. T.J. Slayton had a good day. I saw Wyatt get some pressures, but I don't really know to what level of consistency. Apparently, um, Rashawn Gary was trash in this game. I didn't really notice the edge guys as much. Tough tackles. I know Preston had the one sack, I think. Um linebackers, I mean, Quay seemed okay. He had the pass breakup, which is dope. Razul and Jair didn't really seem like themselves. I think Razul got a little banged up. I saw Jair gave a couple passes up. Razul did too. Keyshawn, maybe. It's hard because I don't know what they're doing on every single play, but if I had to give a round of applause, number one would go to TJ Slayton, and maybe number two is Nixon, and outside of that, I really don't know. It's kind of just brutal out there. Uh, I'm not going to go through all of Matt LaFleur's press conference. We might do that a little bit tomorrow, but just some of the notes that I'm seeing posted on social media. Uh, He says that was tough to watch, which again, these kinds of comments are just, I mean, I get it. Like you you just got to come out and you give your little opening speech or whatever, but it's like, I'm just bored with it. You know, like, I I don't want to hear how hard this was for you. Yes. We're all sick to our stomach. What, what, what the heck are you going to do about it? Nothing. We're just going to, I mean, you know, you're not like one of the fans, right? Like, we're not just bros hanging out at the bar like, bro, that was brutal. Like, yeah, I know. It was, Matt. <laughs> um, guys got to make plays. We had, uh, he said, six dropped balls. Um, also said, love has to make better throws. 
He, uh, I mean, Matt LaFleur sounds like he's given up on the team. I mean, right off the bat, he's like, you know, we didn't do a good enough job on offense, and then when we needed to stop on defense, they just didn't get the job done. He said, you know, they did provide us with some opportunities, but ultimately it's just like, yeah, everybody sucks. I mean, look, when, when, again, getting back to the initial thing that I said where, where it feels like we're just headed for an organizational rebuild, when the head coach has thrown his hands up and says, I don't know what to do at this point, this team sucks, nobody's playing and I don't know how to fix that. Those aren't his exact words, but I mean, that's just what we're hearing. And there are less and less people that he's willing to defend at this point. It's like, yeah, the receivers sucked and Jordan sucked and the defense sucked. Like, all right, dude. I mean, if that's your official stance, then that will be noted. By the way, again, I appreciate that Matt LaFleur came out and basically said, no, that's bullcrap. The the idea that this is young guys making mistakes, because you know what? It is. It's bullcrap. Also, apparently we made a switch to Yash Nyman in the second quarter. I wasn't aware of that. I'm off social media, so I don't see a lot of these things. I don't really notice. But uh, he was asked about it, and he basically just said we needed a change. So there you go. I don't I don't know what happened there. I know Walker got penalized, so I'm assuming Yash Nyman didn't come in at right tackle. If he did, then we are beyond screwed. <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, I mean, ultimately, Matt LaFleur came out, and, you know, he was asked, like, what, what do you do with all these problems? And he said the number one issue is discipline. And he's right. The number one issue is discipline. I'm sorry, maybe I'm mistaken, but that is a coaching issue. I mean, I, I guess we can blame GM Brian Gutekunst for going out and get a bunch of undisciplined jagwads, but I'm pretty sure that's the opposite of what we do. In fact, we emphasize it, I think, a little bit too much, you know, character and all that kind of stuff. I don't think that these are a bunch of guys that are going out partying all night, and if they are, that's still potentially a coaching problem. So what what are what are we doing? I don't I don't know. Yeah, this this is a rudderless football team. This is a team that has no direction. And again, maybe this is more or less what people meant when they were talking about play calling that this is a dysfunctional again, just trying to bridge the gap here. This is a dysfunctional unit that just has no direction. Nothing makes sense, nothing is working. Whether, you know, to 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 Jersey Mike's credit, similar to what he said, whether guys are open or not is irrelevant. It's not working. It's not coming together. It's not meshing. And yes, it can be as easy as he's open, throw it. That's true. It's also just as easy as the ball is there, catch it. It's as easy as he's standing there, tackle him. It's as easy as, you know, at least get a freaking hand on the guy if you're going to try to block him. It's as easy as run through the hole. Don't make up your own crap. It's as easy as please run the right route. These things are all easy. But for some reason, none of them can do it. Nobody can do the easy stuff. Again, this is not an excuse for any one individual. I'm not trying to excuse Jordan Love because there is no excuse for his play. I'm not excusing Christian Watson or Luke Musgrave. Uh, A head coach that is not a great leader is not a freaking excuse to drop footballs that hit you in the chest. These are not excuses. This is just a a series of realities. What in the world are the Cardinals doing? That was the worst throw. (laughs) Feeling so much better about Jordan Love right now. That was terrible. Well, maybe we'll get the third pick. I don't know. (laughs) And then uh, Jordan went to the podium and he more or less echoed my bigger issue. It's not that he can't make plays, it's that he's inconsistent. And that's what he said his issue is right now, is is inconsistency. He's got to, you know, be able to do the good stuff, like most of the time. I'm not going to say all the time, because nobody does. But that should be most of the time, not half the time. If you're good half the time and bad half the time, you're a bad quarterback, period. One of the positives, and I do want to end with this, I mean, th- this is this is what I need, man. This is what, what my soul needs right now. Um... This is from Cassidy Hill, and we'll go through a couple of these. We'll wait to post the video because text doesn't do it justice, but an impassioned media session with Razul Douglas, who says he blames himself for not being a better leader throughout this streak. Counter to this is nearly every guy stopped to ask Sewell for advice after the game. Ryan Wood says Razul Douglas still hasn't taken a post-game shower. He's been holding court at his locker. Darnell Savage was first. Malik Heath stopped by. Elton Jenkins and Dentavian Wicks with him now. Packers actively trying to figure this out, and veteran Douglas's locker is the epicenter. I love that. And I, I, I tell you what, I, I've always liked Razul Douglas. I mean, he came in, he was good. I expected regression. He didn't really regress. He's a good football player. He's been one of our best this year. We'll see how this, this whole thing turns out, but he's been one of our best football players this year. And to have him step into that role that he's stepping into right now, again, th- this is what I've been asking for. This, this season is, is bad. It may not get better. I'm waiting for the cream to rise to the cr- to the to the top. I'm waiting for somebody to to jump out and be that guy that I'm on my knees begging, please don't let him go. Please keep him. We need him. 
And Razul is becoming that guy. And I don't know if we keep him. I don't know if we're doing some kind of a, a bigger rebuild. He may not be, you know, uh, in the long-term plans or whatever. But, I mean, this, this, is, this is what we all need. This is what the team needs. This is what the fans need. Just, just show us a pulse. Show us something. And, I, you know, I know some of these guys care or whatever, but it's just it's not making it to the field. And to have a guy like Razul, who is not the problem, step up and take 100% accountability and say, this is on me. I should have been a better leader. It's on me to, to rally the guys. and It's on me to, to help us through this. And I'm taking the full blame for this. And then to, you know, not even care for yourself enough to take, to hit the showers, but to hold court at your locker and have people come over one by one and to have a talk and to motivate and to, to get people's heads right and, and make sure that you, you leave there the right way and that you come back the right way and you come to practice the right way and you, that, that they're not giving up. Some of them are not. I can't speak for the coaches. I can't speak for the entire team. I certainly can't speak for the fan base, but Razul is a guy that's fighting for the Green Bay Packers. He's fighting through the adversity of the losses. He's fighting through the mistakes that are being made by his teammates. He's fighting through, you know, coming off a big play and watching your offense not being able to execute, and yet he keeps coming back and he keeps coming back. He's fighting through boos in the in his own freaking stadium, his own fan base booing him, and he keeps fighting and he keeps fighting. This is what we need. I, I, I don't care if it makes a single bit of difference in terms of wins. I need a locker room to have a pulse when we come out of this, or it doesn't matter who we put back in that locker room if it is a toxic, lifeless cadaver. You know, when um, when Deion Sanders took over at Colorado, I you know, I, it was kind of a spectacle. I wasn't much of a believer in it or whatever. And I, I regardless of their record and how they've been doing lately, I'm still beyond impressed with what he's been able to do. He made some kind of a comment. Let me see if I can find it so I don't butcher it, because it was kind of a while ago. Well, I, I haven't found the exact spot yet, but as I'm going through it, I did find this. I mean, basically, we need... we. <laughs> Dion's not coming to the NFL. He's not coming to Green Bay to be our head coach or any of that. I'm, I'm, we can forget about that. But still, we need a Dion to talk like this. And I have a problem when young men with everything in front of them don't believe. That's a problem for me. Tremendous problem. Because you can rescue your mom, you can rescue your father, your friends, your loved ones, the homies, anybody who's looked out for you. You have the ability and opportunity to do that. But you got to believe. It's the spirit around this uh, team, around this school, that is not traditional. In some kind of way, you guys have accepted it and you've begun to be complacent with it. And even some of the guys that aren't here that's supposed to be here, those are the ones. All that's gonna stop. I still have unfinished business to do at Jackson State because whatever I start, I'm gonna finish. And we gotta go win this championship. We gonna do that. But then shortly thereafter, I just want you to know, I'm coming. Not to compete, but to win. Not to show up, but to show out. Not to be amongst the rest, but to be the best. I'm coming. I'm flat out coming. This is real. This ain't no ESPN or this ain't one of the networks you just happen to see me on. I'm right in front of you. You know why? Because I'm coming. I'm coming to restore, to replace, to re-energize some of y'all that are salvageable. I'm not going to lie. Everybody that's sitting there in the seat. Ain't gonna have a seat when we get back. But I'm coming. Uh, I started, and we're gonna go dominate, then we're gonna work. I'm coming to work and not to play. I'm coming to kill it and not to kick it. I'm coming. That whole thing, I mean, I don't know how long that goes on, but that's 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 what I'm talking about. And ultimately, the, the, the quote I was looking for was essentially the part where he says, you know, a lot of you are not gonna be here. And and it's 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 within but bottom line is and I might be taking this a little bit out of cut, but he's coming in saying the culture here is crap. It's bull crap. And a lot of you are bull crap. And those of you who actually give a crap and have the right spirit and the right energy, for those few that have that, you can stay. The rest, you're going to go. And we're going to find people that have that and they're going to come here and we're, we're going to compete and we're going to win. There's a little bit more. I'm just reading the transcript. Let me, let me play this here. It's going to be a different place, a different feel, a different attitude, a different energy a different work ethic, a different want, a different hunger, a different desire, a different need, a different capacity. It's going to be a different reach 
That's that's what the Packers need. That's I'm I'm hoping you can hear what he's saying. It's going to be a different place, a different feel, a different attitude, a different energy, a different work ethic, a different world, a different hunger, different capacity, different reach. Things are going to change. And it's what I like about this is, and again, you can't necessarily do this in the NFL, but it wasn't just talk. He flat out is looking guys in the face and saying, you guys suck. You're complacent. Your work ethic is bullcrap. And those of you who have been coasting, when I come back, you won't be here. Nice meeting you, but when I come back in this building, you're not going to be in this building. I'm bringing some people with me, and they're going to take your jobs. They're going to take your seats, because you had everything. You had every opportunity right in front of you. You had everything you needed to be successful, and you squandered it. You got people out there making excuses for a Luke Musgrave drop because he's a freaking rookie. That guy has every opportunity in front of him. Do you know how much Travis Kelsey's making? Dating the superstar? Guy's living the best life. He's doing a podcast with his brother. He's making money all over the place. He's friends with every celebrity in the world. He's on any and every sports show in the world. He's dating the biggest superstar in the world. Everything is at his fingertips. Everything is at all of these guys' fingertips. And you're dropping a pass, and we got people coming out going, well, we have $60 million in that cop space. This is exactly the kind of bullcrap energy that needs to go away. The excuses. If, if, if that's okay for you, for rookies to come in and just not be ready to do simple things like catch, then, you, then you're telling me you don't want a Super Bowl caliber team. You got to pick. Do you want that or not? Because look, I mean, it's one thing when Jordan Love is, is the issue. Okay, that sucks. We got to find a guy. But once we do, we're okay. That's not the case anymore. The entire culture is going to the bottom. So if Deion Sanders was our new head coach... He looks at the room. Razul stays. Done. Great. Who else? Rashawn stays. Who else? Who else is staying? I'm not just talking good football players. I'm talking about you're the kind of guy that deserves to be here because of your energy, your work ethic, your want, your know-how. Romeo, you can stay. Who else? Aaron Jones, you can stay. Please, for the love of all things holy, you can stay. Who else is staying? Anybody else? I, I'm trying to think off the top of my head who stays. I don't know. I like Jair. He's a good football player. He probably puts in work. I don't know. But these are the things that, honestly, I want to see more of. If a guy is, is at his locker room, if, 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 if somebody says, we got to put in some work, who's going with him? Who's saying it and who's going with him? And what are you doing? After this game, what are you doing? You going out with some girls and getting drunk? Or are you going straight to the film room? Because I know if you're Jair Alexander, you can do either one. You can go in that film room or you can, I mean, you can do whatever you want. That's a good looking guy with a lot of money. All the style and swagger in the world. Where are you going? Where are you going, Elton Jenkins? Where are you going, Quay? Where are you going, Rudy? You going to perfect your craft and make a name for yourself in the Football Hall of Fame? Or are you going to go wolf down some edibles and play some video games? You can go the Kurt Bankert route. You can be a has-been NFL player who tries to make his name as a video game player. If that's, what, if that's what you want to do, go ahead. But I, I'm not interested in that. I'm just looking for the cream to rise to the crop. The, 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 the cream to rise to the top. Season is irrelevant at this point. We need a new culture. And whoever it is that brings in that new culture, I hope he's like Dion. And the attitude is, in my mind, you're all gone. And we're bringing in a whole new bunch of dogs. Now, if you can prove to me that you can be one of those guys, great. Then I guess you get to stay. But for the rest of you, expect to be gone in the very near future. Because the attitude, the culture, the energy, the toughness, it's not good enough. It's never been good enough, and we're freaking tired of it. And it's not going to fly here anymore. That's what we need. We need a new message, and we need a new messenger. And it freaking kills me to have to say that, because I've been on the Matt LaFleur bandwagon. But these guys don't believe. They don't listen. They don't care. They're uninspired. They're unmotivated. Scheme or no scheme, it, it just it doesn't matter at this point, because it's being delivered in the wrong package. So... Anyways, those are my thoughts. Again, anybody is free to prove me wrong at any time. We got another game next week. Jordan Love and Matt LaFleur got my the two biggest targets on. We could talk about the receivers, but they're not going anywhere. They'll be here next year. So they can suck, they can be great, they can do whatever they want. Jordan Love and Matt LaFleur are the two guys that in my mind will not be here next year, should not be here next year at this point if uh if this continues on this path. Because every week this team is getting worse and they're becoming less and less disciplined and less and less sure how to run the offense. And, um, you know, just is what it is. You guys have a good rest of your day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.